Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another exclusive Toffee Blues interview where I'm pleased to be joined by former Everton striker Jermaine Beckford. Jermaine, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. How are you doing? You're more than welcome, mate. Welcome to the show. Of course, you're now a retired player, of course. I think you last played for Berry last year, didn't you? Yeah, and that was, uh, that was tricky times. That was tricky times. I had a couple of bad knee injuries. I wasn't able to help the club out of the um, the the nightmare of uh, administration and then falling into the oblivion, literally. So yeah. it was uh, it was tough, mate. It was tough. It's a very it's a very sad like sort of way to bow out, really. You'd like to have gone out on a higher note, as imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you know what? It was it was two three major knee operations kind of finished me off a little bit. If it wasn't for the for the uh, the operations, I could have probably carried on playing. I would have carried on playing, if I'm honest. Um, you're not I've, that old, are you? I'm old, are you? You're only like 30, 34, 35. I'll take 34. I'm 36. I'm 37 this year. Oh, not bad. Yeah, no. mate. Not too bad, no. huh? <laughs> Look at me getting on here with me flattery. Go, <laughs> I'm um, loving it. <laughs> but, of course, it's been a difficult like time anyway, obviously, after what happened with Betty and all that. Of course, it's been a difficult year this year. How have you been holding up? Um, I've been good. I've been good. I've been very busy. Obviously, there's um, lots of meetings that you can do via Zoom, which helps. Um, and I've got a, a vegan wellness company called Supernova as well. So that's that's going. That's busy. Super, Obviously, super everybody. Older, is it? That's right. Yeah. And you know, everybody's uh, been stuck in the same sort of situations where they're not able to get outdoors. Everybody's taken up some sort of fitness, whether that's yoga or cycling or running or gym work or whatnot. And you know, we've we've just seen the traffic that's coming through our website going through the roof. So it's uh, it's, it's busy. It's a good it's a very time, busy for, time for that kind of business, I suppose. And of course, what sort of stuff does Supernova provide? Is it like is it protein stuff like it's, that? It's it's very similar to a protein. It's it's a it's a protein based powder. So it's it, it but just without any of the the rubbish in there. So there's no gums or fillers or preservatives or sugars. You know, nothing artificial. It's all natural. It's all pure. Um, and it's got added adaptogens, which are a series of non-toxic plants, which help to bring your body back to a neutral um, position. So if you're feeling low, then it will help to bring you back up to a, a normal position where you can you, you feel normal and you feel yourself and you could go out and explore, etc. Or if you're feeling a bit too uh, energetic and, and you've got the shakes or whatnot, it will help to, to bring you back down again to a, a very sensible level. So it's, um, we've got some amazing reviews from it as well. That's brilliant to hear. How long have you been doing that then, just since you retired? Um, a couple of years now. We've been going for just over two years, I think, two and a half years. Um, and it's, it's gone from strength to strength. Once I did my, my knee the first time, um, my missus said to me, look, we have to figure out what we're going to do for you once you've, you've retired and, and what do you need to do? And I, I said, well, listen, I need to focus on playing now, but I can't because my stomach's hurting, my gut's hurting, and I can't, I, I'm just feeling lethargic and tired and I don't have energy to, to focus elsewhere just yet. So we started looking into the protein powders and, and the things that I was taking and uh, came to the conclusion that a lot of them were full of rubbish, basically, long story short. Um, so we started concocting our own little um, powders for me to take uh, that will give me the, the protein base that I need, but also something else that would help me to elevate myself to become a, a better person and better uh, professional. And, you know, that's that's kind of where it started. That's fantastic. And obviously, like you say, it's going from strength to strength. It's obviously been a very good year in that respect for you. And it's great to like see that you've, you know, we often talk about players when they retire and, like, where, where do they go from here? It's great to see that you've found a, a, a very good course to sort of pursue, like, for the rest of your life, it seems. It's a really good, little, little exactly. you've got, got going there, by the sound of it. So. Thank you, thank you. Do you know what? Another part of it as well is, you know, when, when 
professional footballers retire, you because you're stuck in a routine, you you wake up in the morning, you go to breakfast at the training ground, you go in the gym for like half an hour before training, you go out to train, you finish training at 12, half past 12, you go in the uh, canteen, have some food, then another hour later, you're back in the gym, you've got you've got a routine there. When you retire, that routine just disappears. It's, in a, an mus- it's, a, it's, it's a muscle and come down, I think, from... Huge, huge. And there's so many football players that end up depressed or um, divorced or bankrupt because they're, they're sitting at home bored. They've got this money. They don't know what to do with it. So they find a way to amuse themselves and they end up spending it on things that they don't necessarily need, things that they think they need to keep them happy. And that's something that I didn't want to do. And it's something that we, we uh, myself and my missus said, look, we're not going to go down that route. And I'm, I'm very fortunate I've got a, a strong wife, somebody that... that yeah, I was, I was just going to say, that's how your wife's been incredibly supportive that's, for the past, like, during all yeah. this. It's brilliant to see. Exactly. And that's, that's key because it, it, it's so easy for her. It could have been so easy for her to turn around and say, oh, yeah, that's fine. Let's go shopping. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Let's spend flipping 20, 30 grand on a holiday or, or whatnot. You know, it, these things are, are completely outrageous. It should never even be a, a thought in anybody's mind. But if you're sitting at home and you're bored and you've got nothing else to do, these are the things that, that tend to pop into your head. So we just wanted to make sure that we stayed level-headed, stayed grounded. Um, and I love football and I love people. Um, and this, this job gives me an opportunity to, to do both. It gives That's me an fantastic. opportunity to be around to football, to be around people. Yeah. That's, it's great to see. So before we get on to the, uh, the Everton questions, of course, now, but before that, where can, where can uh, anyone watching here, where can they find it? Is there a website? Is there... Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got our own website, supernovaliving.com. Uh, if you use the discount code BEX25, B-E-C-K-S 25, you get a 25% discount as well. So uh, crack on with that. It's on the Selfridges website. We're on Amazon. We're... There's loads of places. Just type Supernova Living into the uh, into your Google search bar, uh, and you'll you'll find us. Fantastic. Well, there we go. If anyone's out there wanting to, you know, get in shape, I know pretty much I'm pretty much speaking for all of us there. I think, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and feel good as well, and feel good. That's that's one yeah, of the key feel, things. Feel you know, good as well, mental yeah. strength and mental strength and gut health. That's what we're here for. Fantastic, mate. It's really good to hear that you're doing so well. Of course, we'll go on to your Everton career, but before all that, we'll. Start with the season before that, of course, with Leeds United. You've been at Leeds a couple of years, and yeah. still to this day, you see it as a legend of the club. You helped them beat Man United, which is always a big game for Leeds at any time. <laughs> but so obviously, Leeds were in League One at this point. And you went to Old Trafford and won in the FA yeah. Cup in 2010. That was yeah. a fantastic moment for you, surely. It was unbelievable. Do you know what? Because my old man, my dad's a, um, a Man United fan as well, so. It was it was twice the pleasure for me, you know. He was there, he was enjoying the game, watching and, and cheering his son on. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's in, was he in the Stretford end? I think he might have been in the Stretford end or right in the corner, um, the end where I scored. And he's obviously in with the Man United fans. The ball fell to me, I put it in the back of the net. I ran off celebrating and he was the only person in the United end that jumped up and went, yes! And then he realised what he did, and he sat down straight away. He said, "Look, I'm a Man U fan, but that's my son. I don't know what to do, so please just leave me alone." <laughs> so yeah, it, it was um, it was amazing, and and you know what, Leeds have given me so much. Um, they've helped me to to learn and grow as a as a person, as a man, and as a footballer as well. They kind of gave me that foundation to to help me on my my journey through the uh, through the leagues. That's brilliant to see. And of course, you ended up moving to Everton in the summer of 2010 on a free. When did you first yep. hear the interest? Um, you hear rumours. You hear rumours all the time. Um, so I know that uh, David Moyes um, was floating around in November, December, January sort of times. Um, so I just said, sorry, <laughs> a little bit sidetracked there. Uh, I'm in the office uh, and a couple of the, the girls walked past and just waved being silly behind the window <laughs> they're still being silly now um so I, I heard a little i heard a little rumor that um uh that david moyes was and steve round were were watching me uh around about december time january sort of time um so i knew there was a there was interest there 
Um, I didn't know how strong the interest was because, you know, there, there were lots of clubs. Newcastle came to look. Um, West Ham came to look. You know, there, there were lots, lots of uh, Premier League clubs that, that showed an interest, showed a strong interest. Uh, it wasn't until right towards the end of the season um, where my agent said to me, right, what do you want to do? Because you've not been offered a, a renewal at Leeds in terms of your contract. Um, these are your options. You know, you, you decide the balls in your court. Um, I looked at the, the different clubs that were there. I saw Everton and I thought to myself, mate, there's no way I'm turning this down. Everton are, are, are phenomenal. You know, there's a lot of similarities between um, Leeds United and Everton in terms of the fan base, in terms of how welcoming uh, everybody is uh, at the club. You know, that's, that's the fans, that's um, the security guards, that's the, the girls in the canteens, that's, that's everybody behind the, the, the scenes, you know. Um, so I just said, um, it's, it's, for me, it's just got to be Everton. And I, I, from day one, from day one, I felt like I'd been at the club for, for a year, you know, oh, really? from the very first day. Yeah, it was amazing. It's interesting, it you said such some, a some big names there, wasn't there? Like, the likes of, you said like some of the teams like West Ham, Newcastle, what sort of put Everton head and shoulders above them? Um, just knowing that, because I, I know Victor and Achebe, my agent and Vic and Achebe's agent are the same guy. Um, ah, obviously, yeah. New Vaughan as well, James Vaughan. Um, there's, there were a lot of players at the time, uh, uh, Tim Cahill as well. There were a lot of guys back then that I sort of already had a, an affiliation with. So from speaking to those guys um, and having been to Goodison Park as well, I had a chat with Victor and uh, Victor Anachebi. He showed me around. He showed me how things were because he'd been there since a little boy as well. So from everything he said to me, it, it, it really aligned with the path that I was on while, uh, while I was at Leeds United. So it, it seemed like it would be a, a seamless um, transition for myself. Yeah, it really was. You said James Vaughan as well. I think I spoke to him myself a couple of weeks ago on a year as well yeah. uh, on this channel. So, yeah, I think you were saying like it was, it's a very sort of family vibe, isn't it, Everton? Absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's what I mean. Like Straight away, as soon as I walked through the doors, I felt like I'd been here ages. Um, the other thing is, because when I signed, um, we only had like two or three days training uh, at, at Finch Farm. And then straight after that, we were off to Australia for like three and a half weeks. That's you know, right, so yeah. you've, you've kind of got no choice but to get to know all these people on a personal level. And it, it helps so much because there's no outside distractions. You're, you're almost in your own little bubble, which was amazing. It must be, it's a sort of expedite things, doesn't it? When you go, sort of go on these sort of training camps in your first couple of weeks at the club. Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned, there's no outside distractions. There's no... Uh, getting away from anybody, you know, you, once you finish training, you're not going home into your own little section, into your own uh, space where you're not going to be distracted or you're not going to be interacting with, with these people because they're all new, uh, they're all new friends, so to call it. But when you do go away, you're, you're either rooming with people um, who are in the same sort of positions as you, so you get, uh, so you build that bond or you're rooming by yourself, but there's always some some social event that's going on, so you're you're constantly um, immersing yourself with all these these new people, different people, and obviously within the football industry as well. There's a lot of banter that goes on, you know, and lots of pranks that happen you're as well. You're talking, well, you talk about banter and pranks. I was actually going to ask you about that because I was saying we spoke to Vaughan <laughs> the other week, and also we often touch on the fact that when you played together at Huddersfield, you played very well together, didn't you? Yeah, and then Berry as well. Berry as Berry, well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, of course, so we've, we've had three short stints together. Yeah, so you've obviously got on very well. And I, 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 like I said, I spoke to James Vaughan on here about like the Everton team and I was saying the vibe in the dressing room. But he was, we were talking about yeah. Leon Osman. He was supposed to be the prankster of that dressing room and Tony Ibbett was the yeah. and assassin. That's what, kind of what he said. <laughs> Absolutely. Nailed on. Absolutely nailed on. Um, I remember uh, Ozzy, he said to me, the first day I signed, he said, um, if, if Phil Neville ever comes for you, if he ever tries to, um, to have a little bit of banter with you and you're not quite sure what to say, just say, no worries, I'll go and have a word with Julie in a minute. Julie's his missus. 
But I didn't know I didn't know how he would take it. He, like Ozzy was just like, no, 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 he's fine. He's one of the lads. He's he's so laid back. He's he loves the banter and all that sort of stuff. So like I'm I'm chilling out. We're having a laugh and a joke, a little bit of banter in the change rooms. And and Fizzler said to me, um, he said to, I can't remember exactly what he said to me, but it was, you know, it, it was something that I I wasn't quite prepared for. And I was like, no worries, Fizzler. I'll go and ask Julie now, mate. I saw the whites in his eyes. And I said to myself, oh my gosh. No, it was a joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all. That's on the wire. Well, is it? Well. 100%. Mate. But that was, that was one of many incidents. Um, and there were, loads of, there were loads of situations that I couldn't, I can't, I can't put out there, you know, because a lot of things have got to stay behind the scenes. But he, he, was, he was absolutely the one to look out for. Yeah, it's <laughs> class. And obviously, it was a, a very, like, Padded squad when it comes to like characters, you had some players there. There was like the likes of Tim Cale, Leighton Baines, you know, Sahar, yep. Stan Jacks, Fellaini, Tim Howard. Yep. And there was yep. so many yep. in that team. What, what was it like to be in that dressing room? Was it a good squad to be a part of? Do you know what? It was amazing because we had, we had absolutely everything in that changing room. We had the, the pranksters, we had the silent guys, we had like the, the guys that love to play instruments like Bainesy. You had, um, the foreign boys who were trying their hardest to learn um, English. Like we had Magai Gay um, and Jan Mukha, the goalkeeper. You know, I spoke to Jan yeah. as well. On, I spoke to Jan on here as well. Oh, no way. So he, he <laughs> we, went to, um, we went to America on, on a pre-season tour um, and I was his roommate. And I don't know if, if you remember him so much, but he's, he was like, big he's aggressive looking and he's he's quite intimidating he's quite an intimidating character and he's he's very um forthright in his his vocal um in what he says and, and how he says things you know he's very funny but very dry and because he's got the eastern european accent as well you you think he's you think he's being aggressive and he doesn't like you but really if it was you or i saying it everybody in the room would be howling with laughter but because he says things like that it's, it's almost like ah. Oh, I don't know if we should, should we say sorry or what? Like, <laughs> I ended up rooming with the guy and I'm not going to lie to you. When I, when I found out the rooms and, and I was going to be rooming with him, there was a part of me that just fell out, mate. I thought, oh no, this guy's going to kill me in my sleep. Like, I, I, I don't know if I trust him, <laughs> you know? Um, but then we, we had a laugh and a joke. We had like so many deep conversations about life, about family. And um, he, he, completely changed my opinion of him in literally the first five minutes. Well, I can, you know, I can tell you, like, a roomie. I can tell you from speaking to him myself, I thought that myself, he's a very down to air, very humble person and he's a great person. He is, isn't he? Um, we ended up getting in like, um, oh, are they, are they called gondolas? Where the guy's oh, yeah. cycling the bike and you're sitting in the seat at the back. It was just oh, me and yeah. him cycling, cycling around Washington having a look at um, oh, Rick the, the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. unbelievable, just the two of us. And we're just having the best time, laughing and joking. And like, it's something that I didn't think would be able to happen. It, you know, but that just goes to show you the recruitment process at the time. The type, they, the type of characters they, they uh, Moisey brought in and, and Steve Round boys that brought in. You know, everybody just fitted really well together. So you could have any two or any three players from any group, stick them in a room together and they'll get on like a house on fire. It was brilliant. So much fun. It was a it was testament, I think, that to the recruitment at the time. And unfortunately I don't think it'd been quite as good in recent years from us, but that no, it doesn't David, seem so, does it? Yeah. David Moyes, though, he did seem that if for whatever you say about me, he got that absolutely spot on his recruitment and mm, in terms mm. of getting the right characters for the dressing room, you could you couldn't yeah, nailed on. really. Yeah, absolutely. And of course you made your Premier League debut, you come off the bench in a one nil loss to Blackburn. Uh, yeah. And then you play, you played your first start against Wolves a week later, which was a one-all draw at Goodison. What was it like to finally play in the Premier League? I mean, of course, it's worth remembering that in 2006, as recently as that, you were playing in non-league for Wealdstone. That's right, yeah. And in four, four and a half short years, I was playing Premier League football. It was absolutely unbelievable. You know, like you know, the phrase "dream come true" is a phrase that's that's been well overused. For, for so many situations um, and instances. But I, 
since I was a little kid, as, as early as I can remember in my life, I've always wanted to play in the Premier League. I've always wanted to play professional football. And, you know, in, in 2006, when I signed for Leeds, I was able to make my the first part of my dream come true, where I was now a professional footballer. But then in 2010, I was able to make the next step, the next part of my, my dreams come true, where I actually got to play Premier League football against some of the best football players in, in the world and with some of the best football players out there as well. So it was, it was absolutely incredible. Um, it was something that I tried not to let the occasion get the better of me. Um, you know, I, I think I had a, a pretty good season, that uh, pre-season, scored a couple of goals. Um, Go on against Preston, and, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Everton Chile as well. I think I got one against those boys, uh, which was so, quite yeah. fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd found my shooting boots in pre-season, but I think it took me a little while to get my first one in the, uh, in the Premier League. It did. Um, uh, it, it came in November. I was actually at this game and we yeah. were at- and to be honest, I think we were absolutely dreadful. We were getting beat 1-0 at home at Bolton. <laughs> and then 94th yeah. minute, I think you saved us. You come on in the 81st minute and scored an absolute worldly. Yeah, yep, on the edge of the box and stuck it in the top corner. It was a brilliant, brilliant goal and saved our blushes, if you ask me. So, yeah, I remember this goal Thank really you. well. I was actually behind the goal and watched a curl in the top corner. It was a, oh, nice. it was a brilliant <laughs> goal. And, uh, yeah, I, was I just remember... Your first in the Premier I just, League. I just remember Bainesy got the ball on the left wing. I think he tackled. Um, he tackled. I can't remember who he tackled. He rolled the ball to me. Uh, I held Fabrice Marambo off. This is how well I remember it. He was he was trying to toe poke the ball around the left side of me. I, I held him off, spun on my right foot, and then just hit it so hard, just whipped it with the inside of my boot into the far top corner. And you know, as soon as it left my boot, I was saying to myself. Oh my God! I just scored the best first debut goal, uh, the best first goal I think I've ever I'm ever gonna score. As soon as it hit the back of the net and I heard Goodison erupt, mate! Wow, we that was like that was like a goosebump moment. It was absolutely incredible. Loved it. I remember it myself. I, I was in I was in the air, Goodison going nuts as well. So I was <laughs> I was there. It was brilliant. It was, it was one of them. It was a brilliant goal. Of course, it wasn't the first oh, one you got right. anyway. You scored against Huddersfield in the League Cup as well. I think yeah. five one, of course, a future club of yours again. Yeah, yeah. There's there's loads of those. How, how much time yeah, have you got? You 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 scored for Everton against a couple of them, Preston, Huddersfield. Probably a few more later <laughs> down the line in the season. Yeah. So it was um that was that was great fun as well. That was great fun. That was that was good for me because it was a moment where I'd I'd finally during the season, obviously it's a cup game, but you know, to get your your first goal um, for for the club that you you just signed for is is a a massive uh, relief because you know with each game that goes by there's extra weight that comes with it and the expectation levels um, rise more and more and you know the pressure starts to build higher and higher um, so you just it, it's it's difficult because you have to try and stay focused you have to try and stay mentally strong and mentally disciplined as well. You know that you're you're a good striker. You know that you can score goals. You know that you can get in the right position, but it's just proving it and it's just implementing it. And sometimes the ball doesn't come to you. Sometimes you get a, an opportunity and it hits the the outside of the post and goes wide, or you, the goalkeeper makes an unbelievable save. Nobody remembers those things. Everybody just remembers, oh, he still hasn't scored. You know what yeah. I mean? They don't really remember how close you have been to scoring had it not been for a couple of millimeters either side of the post. Um, you know, so we, we know what it's like. Football's very brutal sometimes, it, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, it can be. But and, these yeah. these are the things that that you sign up to. You know, I I don't mind being judged because I know that I put in the work where I need to put it in, and then on a match day, it should happen. It should work for you. Um, sometimes it's not the case. You know, we've seen that along the years, over the years, with with loads of players, not only forwards. Um, defenders, goalkeepers, midfield players, etc. as well. So, you know, one of the hardest things as a fan, like I'm a, I'm a football fan now as well. I, I love I love football. I love all football. But I follow Leeds. I follow Everton. The, those are my two, the two teams that I follow the most out of anybody else. And, you know, you, 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 you can't help but feel a little bit critical when a player is not quite 
living up to the full potential. You know, when when players come in and you've, you, you've heard amazing things about their record, goal-scoring records or defensive records or clean sheets or whatnot, you think to yourself, this guy is the answer. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of... Um, it takes patience because the Premier League is a, a very difficult league. It's very uh, fast-paced um, and the quality is, is the best in the world, which is why everybody wants to play here. Um, so it's, it's just about having a bit of patience. It's, it's about getting behind the players, even when things aren't going our way, you know, and just understand that as much as it frustrates you, it frustrates the player 10 times more because they Absolutely. know how to do these simple things. Yeah, it, it is, it's, it's difficult to think as fans. I think for fans of, obviously, you know what, it's like at Everton, obviously the expectation for silverware is very high and the fact that we haven't, yeah. I think that puts a lot of extra pressure on Everton players these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, like, the club's rich in history, you know, and we've, we've had some, some amazing legends that have played for us in the past as well. Um, so all of these things go against the current crop or I say the current crop of players, whoever signs for the club, that expectation of, of all the achievements that have happened in the past are now placed on the shoulders of these guys, you know, and, and they know it. If, well, if they're anything like me and they, they do a little bit of research into the club they're signing for, they, they know it. They know what's expected. They know the expectations and they know the levels that need to be reached for them to be able to, to get to those levels. Um, but sometimes it's just, it just doesn't happen. And there's literally no reason for it. It's so frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's painful, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're going to touch on a few things anyway, of course. Before mm. we get to that, we had like the game against Chelsea. I think Leighton Baines does what he does best. The Meiji run field, crosses it into Kale, and he heads it to Ludger past Petacek. That was a, yeah. a goal against Chelsea, of course. Was that a good moment for you as well? Yeah, absolutely. Again, like I've got, I've got lots of brothers and uh, sister and like everybody that loves football in my family. One of my younger brothers is a Chelsea fan. So when I scored that one, <laughs> he phoned me straight after the game and he was like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe can't it. Believe we were on our way to getting the victory. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've not only frustrated my old man, I've frustrated my brother, you know, <laughs> you know but I've, I've, I loved it, man. I loved it because I'm, again, it's it's always been a dream of mine to play against the best players in the world in the Premier League and to play against John Terry and Peter Cech and Ivanovic and all these guys that you see, Ashley Cole and, and them guys. And now to be able to, to rub shoulders with them and, and show them that I don't feel out of my depth and I can score goals against them. That that was that was a huge boost to my to my confidence as well, honestly. Absolutely. I mean we'll talk about the of course there was another game with Chelsea where we actually won on penalties in the FA Cup. Do you recall that one pretty well? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah uh, it was a good one. I know what you get. <laughs> I think we'll, we're going on to the next part now. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we were embarrassed by Redden at home in the next round. And mm. unlike the Bolton game where we were 1-0 down in the last minute, uh, you weren't here to spare our blushes. It wasn't a good day at all because I think you were caught up on the M62, weren't you? <laughs> Oh, mate. So, yeah, that was tough, mate. <laughs> that was tough. So I've always, I've always left early to get to the stadium to have enough time to, to get myself stretched out, to get myself, um, my legs going, etc. I get on the bike and loosen up a little bit, have a chat. I'm a social guy, so I like talking to people. So I like to get there a little bit earlier and have a chat with the physios and the fitness coaches and see, see how they are, see what they're thinking, what their thoughts are of the, of the, the game, etc. So I've left a little bit earlier um, to go to the game and I've jumped on the M62 from Manchester, uh, from Cheshire and then um, I've just hit a roadblock. There's been a massive um, multi-car pile up and there's nowhere for me to go. I'm, I'm halfway between junctions. I can't go anywhere. So I, I phoned ahead. I said to, to, I think I phoned Roundy. I phoned Steve Round. I said to him, look, you're gonna to have to tell the gaffer I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bit late. It looks like I'm gonna be a bit late, but tell the rest of the boys not to hit the M62 because they won't make it. But they won't make it. I'm supposed to start, by the way, for this game. I'm supposed to be starting. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting in traffic and nothing's happening. 20 minutes goes by, 40 minutes goes by. 
I phoned Roundy again. I said, mate, I'm still in the same place. I'm, I'm literally not moving. Um, he said, look, just do your best, try your best. We're sending a, a, a police escort or something to try and get you through it and, and help you out a little bit. Something along those lines. So I'm still, I'm sitting there, I'm waiting for this, this police escort, so to speak. And then um, it gets me, the traffic starts opening up, starts moving through. I, I head to Goodison. Um, I get to the car park, the car park's heaving with fans. They're all looking at me a little bit puzzled. They're like, aren't you supposed to be playing today? Because I think the team sheet was, uh, Moisey told everybody that I was starting the day before or something. So I'd, I'd walked in, gone through the, the, the uh, gone onto the pitch, gone pitch side, walked around the stadium. Stadium's full of fans. Everybody's chap, uh, clapping and cheering. And I'm thinking to myself, mate, I'm looking at the watch. It's five to three. Five to three. We're kicking off at three o'clock. Um, or was it? No, it wasn't. It was later than that. Was, was it, it half five game that one, if I remember rightly? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, I was five minutes before kickoff. So I've literally, as I'm walking through the tunnel to go and get changed, all the boys are walking out of the tunnel. That was the most, that was the most embarrassing moment I've had in football. Because everyone was like, how was oh it for God, you? Was it like, does it feel like a kid being late for school, like getting in trouble? Oh, or? mate. Yeah. It, do you know what it felt like? It felt like it's your first day at school and you're late. That's, that's what it felt like. And, you, and you've not got your school shoes. You've got like odd trainers on. That's what I felt like. I felt so out of place in, in that moment. Oh, myself. oh no. How, how was there, Dave? How was the boys take it? Uh, really, really well. You find me a week's wages. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute nightmare. I couldn't believe it. I was devastated as well because I did everything right. I did everything right. I tried to get there early. I gave them uh, warning not to let anybody else uh, follow the M62. I got there late. I still, I could have turned back around and gone home, you know, had I had the chance to. Um, but I, I decided, look, I, I need to be there with the boys. I, if I can get on the bench, great. If not, then I'm, I'm going to sit there and watch the game and, and try and enjoy it. But it just wasn't to be the case. Mate, I was fuming. Oh, it's, <laughs> such, it's such a shame. And, you know, it's yeah. just... Is what it is, I guess. But of course, David Boy, you say he finds your week's wages. I remember you two had a, bit of a disagree- you had a bit of a disagreement after you scored against Wolves as well, didn't you? I think you got subbed off. Wolves away. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was a really good performance you know that as well. It was a good game. It was a good game. But I, if I'm honest, I didn't prepare correctly in terms of my, my food. So earlier on in the show, I, I, I mentioned to you about um, having gut problems with, uh, with the protein powders and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was, that was one of the days where I, I really felt the, the negative effects of it. So I'd, I'd push myself to the limits and I, I just couldn't go anymore. So I, I signaled to, to the gaffer. I was like, gaffer, you're not going to like this, but I'm, I'm, I am goosed, mate. I need to come off. I'm so sorry. And obviously he, he's made the sub, but he's anticipated me playing the whole game. I think he, um, he was trying to rest. I think, was it Louis? Did he bring Louis on? I think? Louis Saha probably or... Yeah. It yeah, been, yeah. It, but he wanted to rest him because I think he played the game before and he was going to play the game after. Um, so he was he was a little bit annoyed with me for that. So I, this I, was the uh, Easter fixtures, was in there? I think this was on the Easter Saturday. Yeah, so it was quite busy. Yeah. So I just I just said to him, um, I tried to explain it to him, but obviously in the heat of the moment, everything's been taken out of context. And and you know I I apologised to him afterwards. I had a, a chat with Jags. I think Jags was on the bench as well. Um, during the game and he said look just relax bring yourself down calm yourself down a little bit and we'll just have a chat with him in in the change rooms afterwards I had a chat with him afterwards and I, I i explained the situation he was he was cool with it but he just said look just know we're always being watched you're always on tv your reaction is going to be blown out of proportion regardless of what you say or what you do so just just, just be aware of that just be mindful yeah of course so um... it was a lesson to be learned mate yeah, I mean, I think it's a different. Obviously, for for someone, I think coming maybe from like non-league, League One, and making that step up the Premier League, there's cameras literally everywhere. Yeah, but everyone, you're not you're not giving the heads up on it. That's, social that's the social thing, media like, doesn't miss a thing, does it? Not at all. You're on Big Brother twenty four seven, and that's something that I didn't I didn't realize. I didn't realize. I mean, I think that was this was back in 2011. It probably isn't as intense as it is now. I mean, it's insane now. Literally, nothing oh, gets mental. past the eyes of social media, does it? Yeah, nothing at all. Honestly, it's it's phenomenal nowadays. 
I'm so glad I'm not playing now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so you got you got the best role you can now, ambassador. That's like <laughs> exactly. Now I'm the one doing the judging. <laughs> exactly. We've got a few more games to look back through during that season. Anyway, that one of them is of course the game at Anfield. You scored at Anfield, put us two one up. We still haven't won at yeah. Anfield since 1999. That was actually the closest we've been for a long we were, time. And we, I think we, we deserve to win that game. I do. I do. I think we were, we were the better side on the, uh, on the day. Um, we offered a lot more, in my opinion. I think um, we, were, we were unlucky. We were just so unlucky. It would have been nice to, to have been able to come away from there with the, with the win, the three points, and, and the winning goal as well for myself on a personal level. Um, but you know, as things stand, it was honestly one of the best, one of the best moments I've I've ever had as a football player to to get a goal against your local rivals in their house as well. You know, to go ahead. You know, that was that was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, we we yeah. haven't actually we, we haven't made too much of a habit of winning against that lot, unfortunately. Uh, it, it's mm. it's sad really looking back that we won the game earlier on that season and we haven't won it since. Uh, back then, back then I was upset that we won because we we couldn't have done the double over them, and now we haven't won a game since for like another decade. So it's, it's what are you saying? It's your fault. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, and one more game. Uh, this was another game that I was in the stadium for, and it was an excellent game. The five-three win over Blackpool, where you scored what proved to be the winner. This was a a brilliant game, and you another brilliantly taken goal by yourself. I remember oh, nice this one. really, really well. How was it playing in that game, topsy-turvy stuff? Do you know what? For me, I think that was that was one of my favourite games. Do you know why? Because Blackpool came up. They they just been promoted. And that season, they, they, for me, were one of the best teams in the league in terms of the way they attacked. They showed no fear. They had no worries. They, they didn't care about anybody, whoever they were playing. Whoever they played against, they were just going all-out attack. They had a couple of defenders, a couple of midfield players, and then like four or five forwards every single game without fail. So they were scoring goals galore in the first half. But their downfall was they, they blew up in the second half. They just ran out of steam. And they went toe-to-toe with us for ages. Um, and they, but they just couldn't keep up. We, um, my goal, I loved my goal. Absolutely loved it. Because it came over my left shoulder. I was, was running through it over my finish. left shoulder. First time on the volley, left foot, yeah, across the keeper. I, honestly, again, I, I know I said it before, but that, that was, that's up there with one of my favourite goals as well. However, Louis Saha got in my bad books that day. Why, he got four goals. On you with his four. <laughs> he got four goals. He should have squared the last one to me because he, he already scored a hat-trick. And I was I was That's wide right, open yeah. for for the last he one. He the outside just fucked, didn't he? Yeah, it was a great finish. Great finish. And if finish. I'm if I'm honest, I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have passed it to him either. <laughs> but just the being on the other side of it. For you, that. <laughs> yeah, but it, we've got, we've got listen, one more. To... We have got one more goal to touch on, and on, you know which one that's going to be. Uh, Sonny Goodison Park on the last day of the season. It's down to 10 ah. men. And you're on, you're on the edge of your own penalty area. What was going through your head? Just leg it. You know what? Do you know what? I'm quick. Nobody's catching me. Just go as fast as you can. That's what I was thinking. Just, just, just attack. You know, and watching it back now, I should have just run in a straight line because everybody was in the middle or on the, the left-hand side of the pitch because they were looking to, to counter-attack. Uh, they had a solid defensive line, uh, how they were set up. I think Ivanovic and John Terry and, and maybe somebody else were, they were back there on, on the halfway line. Um, and I just, I just went for it, man. I picked the ball up on the edge of the 18, lifted it over Frank Lampard's legs, cut across the pitch, got a little bit of luck in between, around about the centre circle. The ball flew up in the air. Um, oh, bounced off two and, plays, didn't it? Yeah. And, but when it came down... I brought it down in my stride, which was which was brilliant. It was so difficult to do because I was watching it. I was looking up when the ball was coming down, and it was spinning so fast, that, like to to the side as well. It wasn't spinning backwards or forwards where it's easier to control. I brought it down on my on my thigh, and just I put the the afterburners on, man. As soon yeah. as I put, as soon as I opened up, 
I put took a couple of big touches. Nobody was catching me then. And again, and, um, this goal was another one like you chipped it over Petr Cech, and it felt like it took about twenty yeah. years for it to end up in the net. Oh, for you, it took about twenty-five for me, mate. Flipped the neck. Like as soon as I, I lifted it over him, I put a little spin on it as well. So I, I lifted it over him, and as it was spinning towards, um, as it was, go- it looked like it was going wide initially, and but the spin brought it back into to the near post, and I I watched Peter Cech for um, for the whole season, and I'd seen clips of him when he he comes out to save, uh, and when he's on one-on-one situations, and I knew that he liked to to commit really he gets, early. He gets so he down used to well and off, doesn't he? Exactly. He used to split his legs, but he used to turn at an angle. His arm, his wingspan is massive, by the way. He used to stretch his arms as far as he can. He'd get as low as he can, legs in a split position. So I just thought the only place you can go when he comes out to you is, is over the top of him. Um, and fortunately, I, I lifted it inch perfect right over the top of him. And as soon as it nestled in the back of the net, mate, oh my gosh, elation. Yeah, I that, was that, ecstatic. Obviously, that iconic picture now, isn't there, of uh, Leon Osman <laughs> like, and, and Ewan in front of the Gladys Street celebrating, which is an absolutely brilliant moment. I mean, it was a pretty... It, was it, it, was a, it wasn't a, an outstanding season. I can't remember anything particularly mad happening, but it was a very good personal season for you, I think, wasn't it? So, first yeah. one in the Premier League, and you scored some brilliant goals. And it was a really yeah. good way to finish it off, like in front of the fans in the sun of Goodison and getting that win over Chelsea. It was a really good way to you end You know the what? Season. Incidentally, that was Ancelotti's last game in charge of Chelsea. We were just going <laughs> we to touch on this. Uh, you know, That's crazy. In that game, Ancelotti gets the sack and uh, you never saw him again in the tunnel of Goodison. No, no. No, no, no sign. I didn't have a chance to say sorry. <laughs> Whatever happened to him. Uh, I think he went to Italy, didn't he? He went, uh, he went to Italy after that. Um, yeah, and then, spent a little yeah, bit of time away. Back, and then... He's never been back in the Premier League, has he? No, no. But um, listen, I'm glad to, I'm glad we got him now, mate. He's, he's top drawer, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely class. I mean, he's made some amazing uh, acquisitions as well. A couple. I'll tell you who's one of my favourites, Alan. Yeah, Alan. I like him. He's really I don't know like... how to pronounce it. I, don't, I think I just say Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's he's brilliant because he's given us something that, that we've not had in, in a long time, that's still holding centre mid-roll, you know, and he's he's brilliant. I saw his first game and he, he just he just dictated the, the game. He was brilliant. Very clever player. Yeah, he's class. And also, I, I, to be fair, I, don't, I think all three of the new signings are very, very good acquisitions that can make a big difference for us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Listen, the quality behind James Rodriguez, it's there to be seen. Everybody knows the quality there. He's coming at a brilliant time. But then you've got Decore as well, who's got Premier League experience. He's a box-to-box midfielder, and he's strong. Big. You know, yeah. and that, he, we need an imposing figure in our midfield. And, and with those three signings, and they were done in the space of a couple of days as well, I think that's, that's great business. Absolutely great business. I think that's, that's transfer window prime right there yeah I mean we haven't done very well in the market in the last few years so it's about time we got one right so it seems like we might well have sort of yep. got it right this time it looks looking relatively good uh, let's not uh, put the blinkers on it obviously but no not yet <laughs> not uh, yet we'll let's just be touch sensible. on the end of your Everton career before we finish up of course Everton yep. finished 7th that season it was alright we did quite well you come back for yep. the pre-season does David Moyes let you know where he sees you and his plans for the new season? Yeah, he does. He does. Um, and I wasn't promised the, the same amount of minutes as I I'd previously had, the same amount of games. And, you know, that was difficult for me. I'd obviously gone from Leeds where I played 55-odd games um, the season before I signed for Everton. And I think I played around about 28 games, but a lot of them were, were appearances off the bench. Yeah, um, yeah, which I which I was quite happy with. Don't get me wrong, um, because I, I know I'm making a step up and I've got to acclimatise to to the new um, the new way of training, the new way of playing, uh, a new team and all that sort of stuff. So I I put the first season in my mind. I had the first season in my head to be like a a transition, um, and then season two I would build obviously on the first season and play more minutes and play more games and 
and score more goals. You know, my um, my uh, the frustrating thing was I know I could have done, I could have had a better season the second time around, the second season than I did the first season. I know that for a fact, um, but because I wasn't promised the same opportunities that I'd, I'd previously had. It was it was difficult for me to to walk away from Everton because it's it's an amazing club, amazing fans, amazing people there as well. Um, but my love of football trumped my love of money, so I had to. I, I wouldn't have been happy just or content sitting there on the bench collecting my uh, my wages and not really contributing. So um, I made the difficult decision to leave and go to, to Leicester, which is dropping down the league. But they had uh, Sven-Goran Eriksson, who had just taken over. He'd been in charge maybe six months to a year. Um, and oh, he was yeah. building a team that was ready to to make an assault on the Premier League, you know, via the championship, winning the, the championship, uh, and then getting promoted that way. Uh, and he just said to me, look, you're, you and David Nugent are my number one strikers. You two are play." Um, pretty much every game because I know your qualities, I know where your your strengths and your weaknesses are, and we're going to build the team around both of your strengths. That's that's all I needed. That's all I needed to to hear. Yeah, definitely. And of course, you you went on to play for a number of clubs, like until the end of your career. And yeah, of course, at this point, obviously, you talk about you retiring in twenty nineteen. You talk about Leighton Baines has just retired. I mean, what would yeah. it like to play with him? Oh, mate. So I'd, I'd watched I'd watched Bainsey play for years and years in the Premier League and the national side, and I'd I'd looked forward to for so many years getting the opportunity to play with somebody of Leighton Baines quality, you know, and because you 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 see his work rate, you see his determination, and you see his the quality that he has with his set pieces and his uh, his his uh, crossing and and passing etc. And I knew if I made a run, he was going to find me. To be able to, to have an opportunity to play with, with guys like Leighton and uh, Louis Sahar and Tim and uh, Jags and all these guys, Ozzy, etc., Mikel Arteta, you know, for me, that, that, was, that was incredible, man. It was incredible. Yeah, it's a, it was a really good time. To be honest, I'd, I'd say you probably, that sort of squad was probably in its prime when you went there as well, which was... It was probably a really good time to play with, in. play up front for Everton. Exactly, exactly. But it was frustrating because, um, like, you never wish a manager to get sacked because you know there's there's so much stress that comes with it. Uh, with being a manager, you've got to deal with 22 to 25 different egos, uh, different personalities. You know, everybody's got something different going on in their life. If I'd stayed, I think Moisey ended up leaving halfway through that season. Uh, or, no, he or, left in... No, was it that season? The following season, sorry. After the end of the season, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Martinez came in. And he was the, the complete opposite type of manager to, to Moisey, to, to the gaffer. Whereas when, when the gaffer was there, he was quite defensive-minded. Um, he liked to keep it solid at the back and, and build from the, uh, from the back up. So it's build-up play. Whereas Martinez came in and he was just like, let's just score as many goals as we can. That kind of suits my game, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, um, so if it, it's all swings and roundabouts, sliding doors, and if I if I'd stayed uh, a little bit longer, maybe I would have, uh, maybe, maybe I'd have been able to get the minutes that I'd craved. Um, but as it stood, you know, football is not a long, it's not a long career. You know, you're only in it for a short amount of time. So you you want to try and make the most of of it as you can, and and do as much and play as many minutes as you can do. So. You know, that's exactly the path that I, I chose to go down. Definitely. I mean, we'll move on to the present day and what the future holds, of course. First of all, we say you're back at Leeds United as an ambassador, finally back in the Premier League. How good is yeah. it to see that? And they would, let's be honest, they were had off at Anfield. They should have got something out of that, shouldn't they? They deserved it. Oh, that was frustrating. That was so frustrating on so many levels. <laughs> From a Leeds perspective, you know, to be able to go to Anfield, uh, score three goals there, and take the game to them as well. You know, it was, um, that was, that was amazing. I think in my opinion, we were robbed with a couple of the penalties with one of the penalties, especially. Certainly. Um, and then um, the gameplay as well. So 
so it was frustrating on so many levels. Um, obviously, my connection to, to Everton as well. You know, I, I always want the team that I'm connected to to beat Liverpool, first and foremost. That's the yeah, standard. That's the second nature team, now. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, to, to have taken the game to them as well in the manner in which we uh, we did here um, and given away a penalty. The first penalty was harsh. Uh, soft set piece for the second goal. Um, weak tackle on the on the second penalty as well. You know, little things like that was, were just frustrating. But the overall... It's way a league that, that though, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. But the overall way that, that Leeds played the game, you know, it's hats off, absolutely buzzing with it. And, and everybody's taken note and, and realised, look, Leeds aren't going to be one of those teams that are, are coming into the Premier League just to have a, a season to, to be here. Leeds are trying to build something that, that they're going to stay in the Premier League. And, um, you know, I think with some of the signings that, that the club have made, it's you know, it's it's looking like that's that's the route that's going to go down. Yeah, well, I think that's definitely we'd like to see more teams come up and actually have a go rather than play the low block defensive stuff. You know, it, it can be yeah. frustrating, especially for sides when you're trying to win a game. It's just, it can be annoying. But of you know, course. it's horses for courses, isn't it? You've got to see. I think every game as it as it is, and to see what happens. Finally, exactly. of course, just on the Everton front, what do you think the future holds for us under Carlo Ancelotti? Oh my gosh, it looks bright. The future looks bright. Wow. As, I, as we briefly touched on before, the, the signings that have come in have looked brilliant. I know it's only been one game that they played, but that game they played, they gelled so well together. There seems to be a unity between all the boys and, and they understand the game that they're playing as well. And it's just working really well. The dynamics seem to work and, and everybody looks like they fit really well together. So um, it's looking bright. It's looking very, very bright. Fingers crossed. So yeah, for both clubs, let's see how the season goes. And listen, know. when when Leeds travel to Goodison and when Everton travel to Ellen Road, I'm hoping for a score draw both times. I mean, it, it's it's a shame. <laughs> well, for, for now, thank God you've only got to play us twice because if you're beaten Hull in the League Cup, you'd have had us again in probably in the League Cup. So I know, <laughs> I know. Not, that, that's not the case. Finally, just before we finish. Do you have a yep. final message that you'd like to say to the Everton fans watching about your time at the club? To, to all the Everton fans that were there supporting us through thick and thin, I just want to say thank you very much for standing beside me and I hope I've given you some, uh, some great moments and, and some experiences to, to really get the juices flowing and, and you know, I, I really appreciate my time there. So thank you very much for welcoming me and Oh, you gave you gave us some good moments, all right, mate. I can vouch for that myself. And <laughs> I'm sure you'll you'll soon find out that you know you've made a lot of good memories for Everton fans. And speaking of that, you guys watching, make sure you let us know your best memories of Jermaine in the comments. Give this video a like and subscribe for more great content. Also, have a look at um, Jermaine's website as well. Don't, don't forget yep. about Jermaine's website. Is it Supernova? Supernova Living dot com. Love that. Yeah, definitely check out that as well. And all that's left to say really is thank you so much, Jermaine, for joining me on the channel. Absolute pleasure. pleasure thank you very much for having me. Brilliant to have you on, mate. And thank you guys for watching on the Toffee Blues. See you later. See you later.